0: good morning icf rome family we are in a new season and we are completely Captivated by the Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for all that God is doing. And so, today, as you enter into worship, as you lean into the message of the word and the presence of God, I know from your testimonies that God is doing amazing life changes. So, I want you to lean in, worship the Lord, write notes, and say, Lord, today I want to be completely captivated by all that Jesus has for me. God bless you and enjoy the service. Amen. I want you to, you know, breathe in, breathe out, but hold your hands, because I want you to know, in your posture is when God can speak to you, right? If you are closed off to God and say, I already know everything, you don't have anything for me, it's kind of hard for God. He doesn't force himself. So Father, right now, we welcome our online family. We thank you, Lord, that we are all holding our hands out to say, we yield to you, Holy Spirit. Our hands are open to say we want to receive a word from you. We want to be completely captivated with the power and the presence and the purposes of God in each of our lives. I pray that your word would be anointed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. And we had some powerful testimonies. Without taking too much time, if you received a touch from the Lord Saturday or Sunday in our revival services, I just want you to stand up really fast. Or in the last month, you've received a healing, a miracle, a blessing. So stand up. Veronica, stand up. I know you did. Yes. Yes. She shared it. Yes. 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 Sarah in the back. Yes. Let's give God a hand. I want you to know God is moving here, and it happens when we come hungry to to hear from the Lord. Amen? And so today, we are going to continue and conclude this month of being completely captivated. This year is complete. We are truly complete in him, but that does not mean finished, right? The complete logo has a red T for a cross, which means that it's always around the cross that I am complete. And God's work is never finished. His work is never, because eternity is forever, right? So even when I'm done here, I'm going to get to be there, and I'm going to worship around the throne for days and weeks and years and eternity. So it's never finished. And today, I... Cannot stress to you enough how much this series has meant to me. I want to say to us today, it's time to abide. If you're in the online campus, so many wrote me during the uh, weekend, last weekend, and even Wednesday night on prayer and said, thank you, because I couldn't get there, but I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to say it's time to abide. It is time to abide in the presence of God. God. You abide means to dwell it means to live there it means to stay there and we make that decision so just leave that up for just a minute we have done many things so we are back on campus on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock you need to be here this is a if you feel alone in this city this is an opportunity on Wednesdays to make new friends have more time to talk we have food somebody say hallelujah for food. I'm sorry that online we can't somehow teleport the food to the online campus, but so many get to come to Rome and get some of that great food. And we have great fellowship, and our faith is encouraged. Amen? We have discipleship. So some of the things we've heard this month, his power is limitless. When we sat and talked on Wednesday, some of the people were saying the things that they've heard this month. His power is limitless. In other words, no matter what you need, no matter how much power from God you need, he, he has enough. He has more than enough. His love is without end. Hear me. You may think you have stepped outside of the love of God. He will never stop loving you. You can't do enough to make him love you more, and you can't do enough bad things to make him love you less. His love never ends. Type that in the chat. His love never ends. Can you imagine his love never ends? I mean, that's a challenge to each of us. How many of us have loved? I've said it before. How many have maybe been loved and left? But how many of you have maybe loved and stopped loving? The love of God never stops loving. It doesn't mean we don't sell he- he- healthy boundaries. We do have to do that. But the love of God, I'm not talking about the love of human flesh. The love of God is without end. His name is above all other names. We want to see the, the amazing preachers and evangelists and book authors that inspire us. But there is nothing like the holy, infallible word of God from Abba, Father. His name is above all. His power is life-changing. I'm a testimony to that. I don't ever want to stop changing. You know, I would like to have less wrinkles. I wish it would reverse somehow. But it's still ever-changing. So if that's true, whether I'm just starting, whether I've marked a milestone on my, you know, bucket list... His power is life-changing. So in case you're dissatisfied, hold on because it's going to change. It isn't going to stay the same. And then finally, that we have to be willing to change our mindset. Pride goes before the fall, the scripture says. I know that we come here because we love Jesus. But I'm not asking you to do something. Jesus also said to his father, you know, (laughs) I wish you would change your mind and I didn't have to do this. If it was possible, could this cup pass from me? But then Jesus said, you know what? Even Jesus said, Abba, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And so today, as we prepare for the altar, because that's the place of decision. That's the place where, you know, it's like worship sort of, turns up the ground like when you're gardening you have to turn up the ground to put the seeds in and then the worship sort of puts those seeds of faith in and your praise gets a little stronger and your hope gets a little more and your joy gets a little revived and then the word of God comes and just pours water on it right so powerful I want you to know this morning that the value of every decision that you make cannot be ignored last week Um, And the week before, I think, I just mentioned the word one decision. You're one decision away from a breakthrough with the Lord. You're one decision away from that DNA in your mindset. That one decision where I bought those red tennis shoes and I went with my mentor up on top of a mountain that I had never been before. I mean, it's funny, but it's real. Like, I was scared I would get lost in the mountains. The red tennis shoes would be how they would find me. But I made a decision Because I could feel the Holy Spirit calling me. And I'm so thankful I did. And you know what I found out since I've gotten back and people are helping me pursuing my uh, career in athletics is that I also have to keep changing my shoes. Because some shoes are for walking, some are for soft pavement, some are for hiking on mountains, some are for rocks and boulders. And if you don't have the right shoes, you might fall down. You might get some weariness in your legs. It's very important that you're constantly making a new one decision, right? I love that concept that the Holy Spirit gave Bose about breathing in. We breathe in. That's what abiding is. We breathe in. Thank you, God, for letting us breathe in. But if we don't breathe out, we'll suffocate. You will. So God is saying to you, make some decisions to trust him. It is time to abide. Uh, John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If, everybody say if. if. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Daniel, I forgot to ask you, but do you have that graphic that is a vine with all that stuff on it? Sorry I forgot to ask you. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. I forgot to put it in my notes. I saw this picture, this science picture and you all you scientists and all you amazing graduates will know the vine that bears fruit, the the branch, the oxygen and everything comes in through and through the through the branch and then it goes out to the leaves and then water comes and waters it and there is this like breathe in breathe out that happens to the vine that's bearing fruit and the grapes come or the fruit comes the vineyard begins to grow but it's a constant in and out so I had not told Bose that I saw that and that I was thinking about that. But so when the Holy Spirit showed him that, I was like, yes, Lord, you are reminding us that there is something spiritual about abiding in the vine, about understanding that breathing in and breathing out. And in fact, you need to get ready because next month is completely serving. And I've been praying, Lord, help me, help us to understand. This month has been about, I want to be captivated. I want you to be captivated. But next month, it's about breathing out. Amen? It's about now I've breathed in. Now I need to breathe out. Now I need to serve. Now I need to pick a ministry. I need to pick a class. I need to come extra. I need to do more. Somebody say more. more. I need to do more. What would you do if you knew? that this would be the last day you would have an opportunity to talk to someone you cared about. How would you do it differently? Would you do more? Would you say more? Would you show them more love? Would you say, I need to give you one more prayer? The Holy Spirit is saying, we don't know the day or the hour, but he wants us to abide in the vine because as we bear fruit, as we bear fruit, we're gonna do great things. This morning, I just wanna take a quick look at David David, you know, wrote the Psalms, and it's a great example of the way God loved David. The Bible says, God said David was a man after his own heart, and that sounds real spiritual and wonderful until we look at the life of David and we realize he was not perfect. He was not a saint. He made some big, big mistakes, some big, big sins that cost people their lives. David loved God. But he had struggles. And when we're completely captivated and we're ready to abide in the vine, sometimes I think the enemy uses our struggles to tell us, stop it. You don't have what it takes. Just forget about it. It's not worth the effort. Can I tell you, it is so worth the effort. It is so worth the effort. You know, I told you about Giovanna and Juliana and their little sermons. And last Sunday, they were in Ohio ministering at a church with their family. Giovanna is eight and Juliana is seven. And they talked about how they heard the voice of God, how they felt the healing of God, a seven-year-old. And people came and let those little girls pray for them. They were at the beginning, right? But they're learning something about abiding in the vine. Giovanna said, I don't know what it meant when God spoke to me while I was in Italy. He spoke to me though, but she said, now I know what his voice sounds like. Do you know what his voice sounds like? I do. But sometimes we get so busy and we hear it. It's the Holy Spirit. He convicts us. He comforts us. We love the comfort. We don't like the conviction so much. But I can tell you when... You know, I'm on that mountain climb and I'm thinking, I, I don't want to go no more. This is enough. This is, I got far enough. Okay, this is good enough. I'm old enough. This is good enough. And it's like you can hear the Holy Spirit saying, and maybe everybody else around you, if you have the right people around you, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And then you say, okay, Lord, help me to take a few more steps. Let me see what you're saying to me. And you get there, and what's happened? Oh, my word, the view is incredible. The, the exhilaration of I obeyed the voice is incredible. It was hard work, but it's life-changing. You see, David had failures, but he had a legacy to leave. You have failures. I have failures. But we have a legacy to leave, not just, not just for these children, not just for these amazing stewards of time and talent and education, but for this city. We are reigniting our campaign to purchase more property and to have an expansion of ministry because it's not about us. It's about leaving a legacy for the next one. If you have not gone into Paul's prison, the Mamertine prison, I encourage you to go in. Because when you think about a disciple of God, a disciple of Jesus, sitting in this city, in the, in the nastiness underneath the city, writing it wasn't paul's words though it was the holy spirit and he was saying i can do all things through christ who gives me strength the word of god will not be chained he said i will say to you rejoice and again i say rejoice in the middle of the darkest struggle knowing in that moment most likely paul knew i'm gonna die it is time for me to go to heaven and he was still saying, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Don't you dare stop rejoicing. So, you know, I've thought a lot about the difference between faith and feeling. God knows our feelings. But don't we need to know the faith of God? So shouldn't our words model the faith of God? I mean, it's easy to say, I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm weary, I can't do it, I'm not good enough. I'm, I mean, all you got to do is read the Psalms, and David did that, Right? but here I want you to understand something about David he was the great grandson of somebody you are the great grandchild of somebody I am the great grandchild of somebody and I don't have any great grandchildren yet so hallelujah for that David is directly descended from Ruth and Boaz several passages record his lineage and they all point out that he was the son of Jesse who was the son of Obed, who was the son of Boaz and Ruth. Now think about this. Ruth was a woman who had disaster in her life, sadness. She had to go to a different country. I can imagine that Ruth felt like, you know, I'm just going to try to get by in this new season, and I'm going to go with Naomi, right? But here, David, who wrote the Psalms that touch our hearts so much, is a descendant of Ruth who did not give up, who said, I will do something that God tells me to do. It was significant. So I want you to think about something. David was a shepherd, so that's not a very glamorous job, um, my children have a farm with many sheep, and I've been out there in that barn, and it's stinky and smelly and noisy. And yes, when you call them, they come, but then they're like all around you. I mean, the, being a shepherd is not an easy thing. Being a pastor is a shepherd. I won't, I won't make any analogies there, but uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it's not always easy. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing, but it's not always easy. David was a musician. Hallelujah. Well, we oh, we always praise all the musicians. It's so wonderful. Yeah. I love you and I'm a musician too in my heart, but sometimes musicians and we see this in David's life can be very emotional because they're expressing all their emotion in music. So, I can tell you David was emotional, but guess what David also was? A giant killer. He wasn't scared. He wasn't scared. Say not scared. Oh, come on. Not scared. not scared. Thank you. Thank you, Alfred. David was not scared. He was a giant killer. And in fact, he's like, look at everybody else. Like, why are you so afraid? Our God is with us. Let me go out there and, and take care of it. David was an imperfect man with mistakes that cost lives, but David was also appointed by God. David didn't decide to kill that giant. God decided that he was going to use David in his obedience and his courage, in his failures and his fellowship. To say, I am anointed by God. I mean, somebody needs to say amen. Because that means if David could do that, then you can do that. Then I can do that. I can be the shepherd that just barely gets the sheep into the barn. I can be the one that just loves to sing. But when any trouble comes, I got to sing kumbaya. And when I'm feeling like praise, I'm going to sing thank you, God. And when I'm feeling like worship, I'm going to sing worthy of it all. But I can decide to abide. Amen? Amen? Yes. And then when the giant comes, what happens? I have done these things. I have done my life. And I recognize for once and for all, go ahead, devil, let the giant come. Go ahead, take your best shot. Go ahead. You've already tried so many times in my family. You've already tried so many times with my children, with my grandchildren. Do you know two Sundays ago, or actually I think it was two Wednesdays ago, uh, I know I'm on camera, one of my grandkids crashed down the stairs, and could have really hurt themselves very badly. The enemy doesn't stop. So when we pray a hedge of protection, we thank God when he protects. Amen? Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Lord. We seek and we call to the Lord in times of need and in times of praise. Psalm 18, I've got several verses I want to read to you this morning. But I want you to understand something in this passage of Psalms 18. If you have it on your Bible, look it up. If you, because I'm just picking out some verses today, but I want you to look it up because this is David talking to God. He says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. We said bye-bye to some of those enemies in that first song, right? Bye-bye fear, bye-bye sickness, bye-bye trouble. But here then David, so he's telling God, you're so awesome, and you're so worthy, and I love you. And then he says, in my distress. Distress is a big word. Not like in my frustration. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried. I didn't whisper. I cried to God for help from his temple right here in these places where you're going to come in a minute. He heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. How did God respond? How does God respond when you're completely captivated? Do you know he's completely captivated with you? He gives us the breath to breathe in and out. He blew into the nostrils of Adam. What does it say God did when David cried out in distress? This is not like just some God on the throne going, okay, let's fix David. Let's give David five stones. Let's take the giant down. No, it says the Lord thundered. Say thundered. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies, Great bolts of lightning, and routed them. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of those deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. He brought me into a spacious place. There's a reason why there's space up here. I want you to get used to being in a spacious place where you encounter. Why? Because he delighted in me. He delights in you. He's captivated by you. David shows us the absolute loyalty of God for his children in this passage that you can call out in your distress and you can imagine. It's not God going, oh, she's calling again. Oh, that girl, she just has so much trouble all the time. No, I said, I'm in distress, God. I know I was in distress two days ago, but I'm in distress again. And he says, fine, I'm going to thunder from heaven, and the enemy is going to have to flee. And whatever he meant for harm, I'm going to turn it around for his good. Amen?" Amen? Somebody say amen. Yes, God is faithful. He is merciful. And David is describing that the Lord responds. So you have to decide to trust. You have to decide that. You have to decide. And it's not a one-time decision. I want you to get past this concept that I began and I finished. Check off the box. It's a journey. Every day I have to decide to trust. I mean, I wish I could tell you I was so spiritual that I never doubt, that I never call out to the Lord in distress, that, you know, I just am full of faith. And I am all of those things. But I have moments just like I know you have moments. And the enemy would like to make us think that in the weak moments, we're therefore not good enough for God to use. But God was using David to show you it doesn't matter what mistakes you made. It doesn't matter what turmoil is in your life. What matters is that you trust in the Lord your God, that you run back to him in your distress, and then you picture him not calmly saying, devil, please stop it, thundering from heaven and saying, get out of here. You have no hold on my child. This is my daughter. This is my son. I have divine plans for her. I have divine anointing for him. Are you getting that in your spirit? Hmm? Oh, I can't hear you. Are you getting it in your spirit? Is it changing you? Is it drawing you? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, to draw you. Our hearts will be steadfast no matter the adversity we encounter. Worship team, will you come? We will abide in his plans. His divinity over my desires. Mm, I want to say it again. His divinity. He's divine over all. His divinity over my desires. What do I do? When I walk with him, I decide to abide. His power gives me what we need. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I want you to stand all over this place today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're speaking to each of us. You touched us last week as we were hungry. We came expecting. Maybe some of us came today and we didn't even know what to expect. But we came out of an obedience, a drawing, maybe an invitation from somebody else. And today, you have given us a word to decide to trust, to decide to abide, to recognize that in our turmoil and stress of our lives, you're going to turn it around for our good. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person online. I pray that as they pray the prayer with me online, that it would not be a one-time prayer. It would be a daily prayer. God, I want to abide. I want to trust you more. So, Father, right now all over this room and at the sound of my voice, and you would say, Pastor Jen, I need to abide. I need to hold on more. I've been breathing in a little bit too much. Maybe I need to breathe out more. Maybe I feel like I've been breathing out, but I haven't breathed in. Whatever the case is, God knows. I want you to lift your hands all over this room and say, Lord, I want to breathe in what you have for me. If that's you, I want to breathe in what you have for me. Thank you, Lord. You see these hands, Father. You see those who are saying, I want to breathe in more. God, I want what you have for me. I want to be completely captivated in everything that you have for me. Let your anointing flow in this house right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. God has spoken to each of us today. And so if you're watching online, we want you to know you're a part of our online family. We love you. We're praying for you. And I invite you right now to make Jesus Lord over all. Will you say this prayer with me? Even if you've said it before, will you let us know if you pray this prayer? Because I want you to know. You don't do life alone. We are with you, and Jesus is with you. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to take full control over everything in my life. I give you all my thoughts, all my decisions, and I ask you to forgive me, redeem my days, and help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we will accomplish what he has for our lives. Amen. Type in the chat. Amen. And I also want to pray that your miracle is in motion. We have seen God heal cancer. We have seen God heal literally broken hearts that God has restored the heart structure. We have seen God heal marriages. We have seen God restore children to health. We have seen God, when someone said they couldn't get their kids in a school, God put them in the best school. So I want you to know right now, I am praying for your miracle that is in motion. I encourage you, type it in the chat. My miracle is in motion because we declare not the problem, but the solution. And God is the giver of all things we need. So Father, right now, for every person watching, I pray that whatever miracle they need, a miracle of healing, that they would experience that healing. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. They are needing to be set free of anxiety or worry or depression. You are our peace. You are Jehovah Jireh. You would provide all that we need. God, people that need finances and resources, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. Your banner over us is love. So today, as we declare, my miracle is in motion. God, we don't look at the problem. We look at the problem solver who is Jesus Christ and we say with God everything is possible and I will see the answer to the prayer I will experience the joy of the Lord in the land of the living that's a promise from scripture and father we agree with our brothers and sisters today that your miracle is in motion and it will be complete in Jesus' name. I love you. Write us, send us a testimony. Join us online Wednesday night or on campus and follow the website because there's lots of ways for you to be involved. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week.